0: Hello and welcome to episode twelve of Doctor Kino's Film Emporium. Uh, this week we have a, another guest, which is always good. Uh, this time he's travelled a fair way across the pond, um, but he's been in England for some time now. Uh, I can see him coming down the hill. He's looking very purposeful. He's got—I don't know what he's got under his arm. It looks very interesting, although I can't tell from this. Uh, oh no! here He comes. Yeah, he's coming through the door now. Hello, Doctor Michael Coven. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. Please take a seat. Put up your case and you. uh, yes. Uh, now we've got a pair of leather wingback chairs as usual in the Emporium, so please make yourself comfy in one of those. Thank you. you of course this is faux leather, right? This, this is, is no. absolutely faux leather, yes. This is okay. not the real stuff, no. No. So and the animal <laughs> rights people, petter petter campaigners you know it's not it's it's not really it's not really like sort of you know finest calf skin whatever you think you mm, may think mm. so it's got a nice feel though get yourself comfy yeah okay so oh ah oh, yes right you just put the your film down this looks interesting um
1: I, what what is it first of all oh what the film, film i brought, brought is? is a uh, recent uh of well, 2015 can be considered recent um polish film called demon Cool. Um, directed by uh, Marcin Rana, um, uh, emerging, or he was an emerging director around the time that he, he produced um, uh, and made uh, Demon. Uh, the, very unfortunately though, uh, he had so little faith in the film um, that before it had a chance to properly hit the film festival circuit, uh, he committed suicide. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. And it is it. Is, one of the things that's devastating about the film is, from watching it, what a talent the world has lost mm, mm. Um, by by losing this man. So that it has an aura of uh, of macabre tragedy to it, which, sure. which appeals to my gothic sensibilities. Indeed, and the you know, this is where sort of obviously film can actually bleed
0: over into real life. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a, So this is definitely perhaps a film that should be on people's radar then this this definitely seems to be uh, absolutely yeah okay we'll get into that a bit more later so right michael tell me a little bit about yourself beginning with what uh what was this is a question we always ask people in the emporium but what was the first film you remember seeing at the cinema
1: well the the first film that i saw at the cinema um was walt disney's pinocchio ah and uh, not on initial release, I hasten to add, because I think that was 1940. I'm not back. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many um, uh, re-releases uh, that Disney was was doing um, back in the day, before video, before DVD. Indeed. And, and whatnot. They need some milk and, for the cow, don't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it just absolutely mesmerized me um and still does today although you know i'm I'm not a big disney fan for mostly political reasons Mm -hmm. um pinocchio really is a remarkable work of art still by today's standards um if anyone returns to the film the opening shot of the little village where before we we first meet geppetto um what the disney animators were able to achieve is almost a, a, a 3d effect mm. you know the, the the depth of focus of that opening shot but of course rendered in in two-dimensional um, animation is is quite exceptional mm. Mm. I mean the, for all the
0: Disney's uh, as you say politics and uh, and very conservative outlook um, the actual quality of their animation I mean was just stunning really so yeah when, when at, at the top of its game yeah for sure for sure. Okay, so this uh, this was your your first film. What was the film um, that was the was the first one that lit a fire under you? That thought you saw this and you thought, "Whoa! I didn't know cinema could do this."
1: Right. I, I've been thinking long and hard about about that uh, that question, um, and what my memory keeps going back to is the first time I saw John Carpenter's Halloween. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. It was at the cinema again, mm-hmm. not on first release. Uh, when it was first released in '78 um, in in Canada, in Ontario, I was still too young to see it, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the the rating systems we had in Ontario were quite stringent. So nobody under eighteen, you know, completely verboten unlike uh in the united states for example where an r-rated film if you're under 17 years of age you're still admitted if you're accompanied by an adult okay right so so at the age of 10 uh as i was in 78 uh i could have seen it in the states you know uh, yeah, an older person could uh, take older, me yeah. yep. to see it. but but certainly not not in in ontario now in the early 80s around 1981 80 81 i think Um, they uh, what sort of looking for they revised their their film classification scheme in Ontario and they introduced a new rating um, AA, adult accompaniment which for some films which clearly were of an adult nature um, if you were under uh, 14 you you could see it with with adult accompaniment Mm -hmm. and in the early 80s this would have been probably 82 when I was 14 uh, they re-released Halloween into cinemas. And so that's when I got the opportunity uh, to see it. Okay. And I remember I'm in a, a downtown, sort of a seedy downtown Toronto <laughs> cinema on my own, um, reasonably good house, uh, reasonably well well attended. And um, when the film really goes into its own in sort of the last 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. of the film, yeah. Yeah. I remember... I was in the fetal position in my chair. I always okay. went to movies on, uh, on my own. Um, that was sort of the thing I did. You know, I wanted to yeah. see the film. If I couldn't find any friends to go with me, I'd always go by myself. So I'm there on my own in Toronto in the cinema. And I was so terrified. I was in the fetal position in my chair, hyperventilating. No way. I had strangers all around me. Kind of going, "Are you okay? Are you Are good, everything <laughs> all right? Yeah, should, we, should we get somebody?" "Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. This is, this is amazing." And like one hears with most drug addiction stories, mm. um, you know, that first high uh, sure. is what you're always chasing after. You're always that. trying to get back to that initial state of ecstasy. Yeah, the, okay. it's the absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and Halloween. For me, although it's not one of my favorite films today, right. it's great, but it's not one of my favorites. Mm. Um, but it it is my constantly searching for that high sure. again. So it's the film that's affected you the most, and that's right.
0: Um, we need to make this clear that affect in film theory is is actually quite specific, isn't it? In this, it is uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a whole as a whole literature as, as around affect theory and, uh, and just how cinema and and film affects people etc so interesting stuff so um it had a very visceral effect on you in the the, the horror and from your from your bio uh which we'll get into a little bit later um Mm. this has been a horror has been a it's been quite a interest of yours um throughout your academic career
1: absolutely horror is what got me into film studies uh from the very beginning um I, i i think as an undergrad i may have um uh, what's the word, um, had some some um, ambition to be a filmmaker, to be the next Cronenberg or something like that. Um, uh, I, I actually, I won't come back to Cronenberg in just a second as sure. one of those watershed moments. Um, but I quickly realized um, I had absolutely no talent as a filmmaker. <laughs> um, but what I, I really got off on was, was the analysis end of okay. things. And I loved being an academic, even as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. so Now I mentioned. Sorry, you were saying. No, you. Um, where were you on an undergrad? I, I went to York University, uh, not the one in um, in England. Um, York the University other, in Toronto.
0: <laughs> the the other York. <laughs> the other York.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The not the new
0: one. kind either. No, the in, one in in Toronto or. In Toronto, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So you're actually Canadian, aren't you, Mike? I am. So these I am. the clues here, folks, from Ontario and Toronto, they are uh, they are Canadian. <laughs> Just remember
1: we're we're the nice Americans with healthcare and gun control.
0: Indeed, yes, and there's <laughs> much to be said for that, yes. <laughs> so it's the nice it's the North Americans, it's that you're allowed to like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um you did your MA in Warwick, so you came over the pond? Um was did. that the first time you've been to England or?
1: what brought you no, I, to I had visited um, sort of family trip to London when I was, I guess, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah, and uh, again, some more watershed moments. Of uh, uh, I remember seeing uh, Stuart Gordon's Reanimator in the cinemas mm, mm. Uh, in, in London. Um, that just blew my mind. it was incredible. And the with uh, so you think right? I'm going to do
0: film and TV studies in Warwick. Uh, who who taught you there?
1: Ah, uh, I was taught. What attracted me to Warwick initially was the great Victor Perkins. Mm, indeed, As, um, and Pete Faulkner in a previous episode, I think he he also
0: um, I think uh, was uh, yeah. quite a fan. Yeah, yeah.
1: And unfortunately, um, Victor was on sabbatical the year that I was there. Um, but I did get a chance to meet with him. I sat in his office and it turns out we're both really big jazz fans. Okay. And so as much as I would love to have sat down and talked cinema with him, really mostly what we talked about were, were classical jazz recordings. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but while I was at York... Uh, sorry, while I was at Warwick, I was studying um, with uh, Charlotte Brunsdon mm-hmm. um, in, in television studies. Uh, I, I did my MA... Um, ma dissertation on the alien films under the supervision of jose arroyo still at at, um, warwick but the real inspiration and um i mean i don't know if he listens to podcasts or anything like this but the man who who really my intellectual father if it's not too freudian
0: um
1: was richard dyer okay and richard dyer's emphasis on textual analysis mm-hmm. was what has sustained me ever since mm-hmm. that no matter how great your theory may be how how you know unique or original your interpretation might may be it has to be um verified by the film text itself yeah. so the theory has to fit the
0: text, rather than the text fit into the theory. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that because the text is what you are, and you know, it's a very basic truth. I think that the the text is, you know, it is everything. If without that, would you have a theory? Uh, you know, this, this is a, <laughs> an ongoing argument. Well,
1: but... well that that's how <laughs> I, I say this with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Sure. That's how Richard raised us sure. um, to, to 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 believe there are a substantial number of very fine film academics, including members of my family, um, who have the opposite, not necessarily view, but they start with the theory mm. and they look to the film to prove the theory rather than the theory to prove the film. Ooh. Um, Christmas, I think, in your house must be interesting. <laughs> well, considering we're Jewish, not really. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, Hanukkah. mistake. <laughs>
0: As the, you can't see me, but I'm slapping myself on the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, so um, you know, my cousin's work is very much within the critical theory end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm teaching critical theory at the moment. And, oh, it's painful trying to grow, go through some of this stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay. And
0: you did your PhD in, you came back across the pond. And this time you ended up in on the rock in Newfoundland. I did yeah, Newfoundland. I said, yeah, in the Newfie. Right. So
1: Now oh, okay, hold on a second. Newfie is um considered by Newfoundlanders um a deeply uh, borderline racist term. Okay. I just um, frank that comment. <laughs> it, it's what mainland Canada uses to make fun of the impoverished people in that province. Right. Um you know, mud, the, the the treatment of Newfoundlanders in Canada's probably similar to the treatment of the irish in in the uk okay so there's that the whole you know,
0: new jokes and things uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely okay understood that.
1: um um and, and i remember i i was applying for various phd programs in canada because i couldn't afford the foreign fees um that that british universities were, were charging and my my natural attraction was to comparative literature type programs where i could there would still be a space for me to study film. But what I studied at Memorial, uh, Memorial University of Newfoundland, was something completely unrelated to uh, film and and to the kind of critical theory I was used to dealing with. And that was folklore studies. Mm. Um, And what I wanted to see was how popular film texts could circulate like oral, orally transmitted folklore. Okay. So uh, is this to do with a the meme theory? N- no, 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 no. Okay, um, just to get that. Jack Zipes, of that um, yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was while I was at Memorial or just after I had left it. Um, Jack Zipes was trying to apply meme theory and actually, I was at a um, uh, an American Folklore Society meeting, one of the big conferences mm-hmm. in folklore studies, where Jack Sipes and another great folklorist, Elliot Oring, nearly came to a fistfight in the room over over meme theory.
0: Fantastic!
1: See, <laughs> so it's always all this is it happens, why we become it, isn't for the 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 teaching or the research. It's watching two of our heroes try to pummel each other in a Fantastic. small classroom. I love it. it was a bit of whiskey had flown. It like you know. No, no, they were so no. stage. Okay, even more impressive. It's just Elliot Orring really hated meme theory. Okay, <laughs> it sounds like it as well. Fantastic.
0: Okay, um, you don't. Often, I just hasten to add to our uh, non-academic uh, listeners uh, that this is pretty unusual behaviour in an academic conference. But you know, unless Norman Mailer was there, or you know, most <laughs> other people. So, or Brendan Bean, but they they're now long dead. Okay, so Michael, you do You did your your thesis at a memorial in in st
1: john's um mm-hmm. what happens then who um this is where it gets even stranger oh, um, a Strange story <laughs> so i completed my de- i defended my thesis in january of 99 um graduated i think it was may in 99 and was applying. I the last couple of years of my doctorate, I was probably applying for eighty jobs that Ooh. had come up, okay. and I got one interview out Whoa. of that eighty. Um, I have to and say it happened to be that I landed that job. Yeah, um, uh, and the job was in a whole places back on this side of the pond um, <laughs> in Aberystwyth. Okay, uh, yes. What was then University of Wales Aberystwyth, sure. now Aberystwyth University. Yeah. Small, um, small but
0: perfectly formed the university, sorry? isn't it? It's a small but perfectly formed university.
1: Quite a small uni at Aberystwyth. It is a... Well, it wasn't when I was there. Oh, it really? It had, okay. It was in the process of expanding. Ah, I take it back. Um, but, I don't know, we're probably getting into um, university politics here um it expand my understanding I would really want to hasten to add my understanding mm-hmm. is that it ex- it expanded too quickly and then suffered some very uncomfortable contractions ah. um not long after that sure. and that's not because of the theater film and television uh program per se no. that was the senior management at the university itself okay
0: I have to say, uh, Michael, it's it's weirdly heartening to know that things were pretty tough back in 1999 to get an academic job, um, as they have been recently as well. Obviously, this year has been exceptional, but I uh-huh. the the story of applying for 80 jobs and actually just getting one interview does certainly resonate with me. Um, I've not even got to probably 80 applications yet, so yeah,
1: interesting. It, it you know, in in all seriousness, I don't mean to to bring a downer onto the show, mm-hmm. but if people ask me for advice about doing a PhD and having a career in academia, um, I really have an urge to dissuade them. Mm. Uh, Not because I want any competition or anything like that. I certainly welcome the dialogue, the debate, the the culture. Um, But there are no jobs. Mm. Um, Mm. There are no jobs. And I know a number of people who got their PhDs because it was the next logical step to do. And now that they've got their PhD, they're looking for a job, um, yada, 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 Um, I would only recommend an academic career for anyone who has that burning volcano in their stomach that this is what, not that this is what they can do, but this is what they have to spend the rest of their life doing. Okay. It has to have that
0: fire in there. Fire it,
1: yeah, because you are yeah. going to, you know, eighty applications and and one interview, mm-hmm. um, and it hasn't got any better since then. No, I can absolutely attest to that. Yes.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, moving on a little bit, you mentioned just looking at my notes. So, you mentioned you pursuing film uh, as an academic with folklore and horror. Mm. Um, Demon, I'm guessing, is a horror film that you've chosen. <sighs>
1: Well, yes yes and no. Yes and no. Okay,
0: the best answer. Yeah, go on. (laughs) So why
1: yes and no? Demon is the English translation. Um, It's actually an Israeli-Polish co-production. And Uh, in Hebrew, not in in Polish, it's demon as well, but in Hebrew, it's Mm. dibuk. D-Y-B-B-U-K. And what is um, a dibek a in Jewish folklore uh, is a um, a clinging ghost, mm-hmm. as it were. Usually, um, the the spirit of somebody who who the the haunted person knew um, and possibly in love with, and that the 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 spirit clings to that person um, oh. for life. Uh, it does not accept that they have passed on and and effectively possess the living mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> there is a um, i mean in in horror there's two really terrible um relatively recent Divic films that came out of hollywood there's the unborn okay. um, and there is the possession which is about the Divic box story mm-hmm. um that's usually where most people know Divics from
0: and if i could um just interject at this point there's a Dybbuk in a really strange place in a Coen Brothers film, isn't there? Is it there serious, is, very much a serious so. Serious Man, yeah, which yes. is right at the beginning. And it, it's, yeah, There's the the link is there, kind of. But,
1: yeah. What's your take on, on that? Oh, I was of- hoping you weren't going to ask me that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's, it's a conundrum. Currently, I'm working on the this whole area of Jewish horror. Mm hmm and looking to you know there will be a chapter just on dybbuk films and of course i will be talking about a serious man i have as they say put a pin in that film um i know i need to deal with it i know i need to figure out what the dybbuk narrative is doing there um i have some good clues as to what it's doing there but i don't know yet no and and so far yeah. yeah so you know you know, watch this
0: space what can indeed. i Indeed. we will indeed so going back to demon um right. tell me about this film it's 2015 and it's 2015. a polish director
1: yeah um it starts off with the wedding of or just before immediately before the the wedding of peter and Janeta, a young couple uh, she's polish it's slightly ambiguous as to where he's from Um, I think there's a couple of references to him coming from London, but I've also seen references to him being American that may just be, he's an English-speaking, they kind of met online, Mm -hmm. had this romance, and they're getting married, Um, and part of the wedding celebration, it's all at Yanetta's family, um, not country estate, it's not like they're wealthy, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a a farm, for lack of a better term, not sort Mm -hmm. of a grubby John Steinbeck kind of farm, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they're they're I don't, contemporary Polish landed gentry, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, very middle class. Um, Peter is brought over really not just to marry Janetta, but um, to renovate uh, one of the old um, houses on this property. Uh, and that will be that's sort of the wedding gift from her parents mm-hmm. that that's that's their going to be their home. Um and over the course of I guess pretty much 24 hours that the film covers um, a ghost of a woman called Hannah appears um, and seems to be clinging to Peter and possessing him and what emerges is that Hannah is the spirit of um, a victim of the Holocaust and that the Jews in that area who were all over that land, that property, mm. um, were liquefied by the Nazis, mm. um, and so the literally the ground is blood-soaked sure. in this regard. So well, it's, blood-soaked with history. So it's very much ghost of the past. Ghosts of the past. Reaching reaching absolutely, out to the that present. kind of mm. almost Derridean hauntology dimension uh, mm-hmm. to it. Um, and we have the sense of of what's known as psychogeography.
0: Mm, that recognition yeah. that
1: the land itself retains its memory sure. of of what was there um and so peter uh starts to take on hannah uh, not not take on as in as in conflict he's mm. he's becoming possessed by her mm. and this and does his wife notice the differences that this sort of is it subtle it sounds well like it's, it's all over the subtle, course of the wedding so it's his sure. behavior when he starts speaking in her voice and starts behaving like a, a young woman you know you know it's not stupid she can figure out hey something's wrong with hubby here mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one amazing sequence now as a horror movie person i'm always looking for you know those moments in mm. in a film as with with halloween um demon has i think the it's not a jump scare but the greatest representation of a ghost i've ever seen in one particular sequence where it's at the reception and it's in the first instance it's all done with a very long single take Mm -hmm. um the camera is swirling around everybody has been drinking huge amounts of vodka Mm -hmm. um Uh, you know it's it's not that it's getting out of hand but the camera is taking on sort of a subjective woozy quality of it spinning around and it makes us feel very dizzy watching it we Mm -hmm. really get into that kind of um, um, whirling quality that that you know good weddings often have sure and all of a sudden Rona has a cut a very shock cut almost Mm -hmm. of um, well Peter is being sort of pushed to all the different relatives. He's dancing and spinning around on the dance floor. All of a sudden, he's holding on to, or rather, this this woman is holding on to him, staring up at him with, with great intensity. And mm-hmm. sort of um, pale skin makeup makes her look very, very pale with dark circles under her eyes. And it's the shock of not only that cut, but also... The, the body language and who is this person where did mm. she show up from as she's clinging on to him and as they're spinning around as well it's it's possibly my favorite moment of a ghost revelation well, um, i have got to say it, i'm it, getting it, chi- i'm getting chills just listening to you so yeah, it, yeah. It, it is like i said we really really lost a a, a potentially phenomenal filmmaker in mm. in Marcin rona yeah tell me more about the about marson so I don't know much about him. Um what I do know is that um Demon had played the Toronto International Film Festival and was reasonably well received. Um now I don't recall if he was in Toronto uh at the time or not, but um within a couple of days after its premiere at, at TIFF, um he hung himself. Oh. I think he hung himself. Um, in in a a hotel room uh, before he was going to do more interviews and and more of the junket circuit Mm, mm. Um, because even though people in Toronto absolutely loved the film and they responded very positively to it, um, he couldn't shake the melancholy. Uh. Now, now, in not quite another life, um, but when I was an undergrad and I was working for the student paper um, on the film beat, obviously, uh, I was able to be a member of press, uh, press corps for the Toronto International Festival. Mm-hmm. Got to interview some phenomenal people. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the people who I got to meet um, was the great Polish director, Krzysztof Kieślowski.
0: Fantastic. Ah, yeah.
1: Um, possibly the most depressing hour of my life. <laughs> well, not um, so wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, no, he, he was very honest, very open, but the kind of, melancholy you you can see in his Decalogue films Mm. and the the film he was bringing over I mean there was a retrospective of his work that year um, but really the new film in quotes that he was uh, uh, had brought over was um, a short film about a short film about love Mm -hmm. his follow-up to a short film about killing Mm. Um, so while he was still very firmly based in Warsaw you know it's it's what I could only imagine interviewing Kafka must have been like sure Everything. Brilliant, but you know, doom and gloom mm. all the way. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, um, so so that seems to be part of the the Polish artistic spirit is to to have that that deep sense of melancholy. Indeed, I mean, Paul Paul sorry,
0: excuse me, Paul Palaskowski, who's mm. done like My Summer of Love and a number of uh, just phenomenal films as well. There is a, I would say, there's probably a fairly strong streak of melancholy through his thing. Mm. I mean, as far as we can generalize about national cinema would you say that that is a part of polish national cinema or
1: um you know i heard a comment with regards to another national cinema and in quotes air quotes Mm. national cinema um that you can have in many countries around the world cinema cultures but not an actual industry hollywood okay you know um mumbai these are places that have industries Mm. Um, and so to call anything national cinema is deeply problematic Mm. there there is certainly a sense with a lot of the polish filmmakers which we in the west are exposed to tend to be melancholic in that regard um you know on, on the flip side look at polanski you know Indeed. who okay you've got downer films like like um like the the pian- pianist mm-hmm. um obviously but he he doesn't strike me as an unhappy person by
0: any no. large no um, obviously he, he got to the states and and embraced his new culture wholeheartedly in many and, ways. and now
1: has embraced french culture and now has embraced french culture
0: yeah yeah
1: interesting um mm. so and kieślowski did as well kieślowski emigrated to uh to France, mm-hmm. uh, really starting, um, I guess, with the double life of Veronique, um, and then followed up by the Three Colors trilogy. Mm, mm. Um, you know, th- there's a great example of how you problematize the notion of national cinema. So, um, Kishlovsky is so Polish in so many ways but these are French films of course you know with with recognized French actresses the language everything yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely. so yeah this again this is um for any film students listening uh, very very um fertile area of debate national cinema generally so mm. okay so uh, Michael you have definitely persuaded me to see Demon or Dibuk, as it should be <laughs> uh, called. Cool. Cool. so can we get it on DVD can we get it through dare I say at Netflix or anything else how available is this film
1: not very I I, you know you're asking this question now um, and it hadn't really occurred to me that I probably should have chosen something that may be a little bit more accessible Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure of how available it is via Amazon it's not on on Netflix or anything like that but it is a film that is worth um, uh, digging around for Um, no
0: spoiler alert, but um, is there a resolution in this film, or is it is it just one of those horror films, or or perhaps spiritual th-
1: would would spiritual thriller
0: be a possible? No, it's not a thriller. It's not a thriller. It's no. not a thriller. Okay,
1: it's um, the ending is very different. Sorry, um, I'm not going to give away the ending mm-hmm. um, because the ending is really what makes the film um legendary okay. as it were within within the film world it is such a brilliant ending that I don't think we see coming okay um, so I certainly it, and that's not to say that it's got a Shyamalan twist to it it's it no. doesn't have a twist to it it's everything is totally logical mm-hmm. uh, in it um but it is certainly not a Hollywood ending right. um i mean that's all we need to know (laughs) okay
0: michael thank you so much for your time and for choosing what sounds like an amazing film i'm
1: definitely going to check this out so what i will sorry to cut across you what i will do is i'll have a little dig around and see if it is um available or, or or how readily available it is um the thing i would sort of suggest to to people listening um, and that is to get a really good friend in Poland or who travels to Poland who might be able to um, get it specially ordered in uh, yeah. to a shop when they next go over um, on, on DVD. Usually they have English subtitles. Sure. OK,
0: thanks. Um, thank you very much indeed, Michael. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, so that is uh, Demon. It's 2015. And what was the dire- director's name again?
1: Marcin, M-A-R-C-I-N, mm-hmm. Rana. W-R-O-N. Marson Runner is uh, the director there.
0: Um, Michael, it's going in the front window of the Emporium. Thank you very much awesome. indeed. Take care. Bye. Thank you. And that was Dr. Michael Covens, Senior Lecturer at the University of Worcester with his choice, um, Demon. So, uh, again, once again, thanks very much indeed for listening. Um, We'll hopefully see you next week with another underrated, underappreciated and under the radar film that makes its way to Dr. Kino's Film Emporium. All the best and enjoy your cinema. Take care.